First of all, what is your real name? Amy Nelson. Amy Nelson. Yes. How did you settle upon Etta Vendetta? Hmm, I'm not entirely sure anymore. It was going to be Lucia Lorna, because I really liked the way that all flowed. However, it means basically without light. And <laughs> it doesn't entirely work with my personality. And I'm not exactly a vindictive person or anything like that. But somehow, Etta Vend- I love Etta James. So I think maybe Etta was just one of those names that was in my mind at the time. And Vendetta obviously sort of works with it. And it just kind of happened one day. And it just sounds cool. It really does. <laughs> it sounded cool to me at the time. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily have to have an elaborate story <laughs> behind it. It's just awesome. It's not as interesting as it could be. I should come up with a really good explanation for that. <laughs> yeah, something, something mysterious. Someone once wronged me, and we'll just leave yes. it at that. <laughs> Bob strangling a woman in Reno. <laughs> I can't go any further. Yeah, it's like I, a William S. Burroughs. I couldn't tell you any more than that. I shot my spouse in Morocco. <laughs> Game of William Tell gone wrong. <laughs> Uh, where are you originally from? Uh, I guess mostly Kansas City oh, area because yeah, yeah. we moved there when I was 10. But I move around a lot. So I've moved since then to Maryland and Texas and Seattle mm-hmm. uh, in that order. And then every time I come back to Kansas City, I have more fun. So I just like to keep leaving and coming back. <laughs> Take a little sojourns, return to base camp. That's right. Uh, and how many different projects are you working on? Because you got the, what, uh, the after party, mm-hmm. uh, Burley Q, yes. Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it ADHD or meth that drives you? <laughs> Neither. <Okay. laughs> it's the fear of boredom, I think. <laughs> no, and I also have the Ed of Vendetta's Eiffel Tower, not only in Kansas City and now Lawrence, but also mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas. So there's Go into of- some detail about the, the Eiffel Tower. Uh, uh, I suppose uh, it just started with um, with Burley Q. We were only doing shows maybe every six months anyway. And it was fun, but it wasn't quite enough for me. And so then when it dropped off to being a year or less than once a year, I just decided I needed to do more and just had to make a show happen of my own accord. So I picked basically a lot of the same members from the Burley Q band and a lot of the same girls and... Uh, slowly just put together an act and produced a show and started doing it monthly at the record bar and it was successful. Unfortunately, we had to stop because of licensing issues and whatnot. Hmm. Uh, the, I think that basically the bars have to have a adult an inter, adult entertainment license in order to uh, have that kind of performance act in their in their club okay. which is really expensive yeah. and any old average music venue or bar is not going to be able to afford that it's for strip clubs yeah. who have a lot more revenue coming in so with that uh lack of funding shall we say it's and uh with too much press coming our way there it's just too easy for the pe- the people the powers that be to find out that there's going to be boobs in a bar essentially <laughs> and uh that's that's putting everyone at at risk of getting a heavy fine or even being shut down mm. so we had to pretty much stop doing regular shows in Kansas City and now we're going to try for Lawrence as long as they'll let us yes <laughs> uh who knew your breasts were so dangerous right <laughs> they have to be regulated exactly um but you did perform it was last week you you said last Thursday mm-hmm. at the jackpot I did. And that was part of the Etta Vendetta Eiffel Tower? Yes. yes. And I actually had a different backing band, but the Etta Vendetta's Eiffel Tower is kind of the tag name I use for any show that I've put on. Mm-hmm. So it's whoever I invited on the show, whatever band, whatever songs I chose, etc. 
And so this time around, we used the band Red Lefty from Lawrence, and they did an excellent job. And uh, for the sake of uh, saving time and energy, we used songs that were already in their repertoire. And the ladies and I just chose from their songs and their set and made it sort of, you know, an, an Eiffel Tower type event. <laughs> Very good. The best of both worlds. The blending right. of the Kansas City and Lawrence cultures. That's right. Um, Naughty Needles. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about how you came into orbit with uh, Nicole Lore and how that whole production came about. Okay. Well, she initially contacted, I believe, someone, someone probably Rita Brinkerhoff from Burley Q Girly Crew, uh, wanting some burlesque girls to model her wares for the book because she'd originally done a shoot for the book, the photos for the book, Naughty Needles, in Austin. And those, I guess, were deemed too risque by the publishing company. So she had to do a reshoot, but she was already in Kansas at that point. So we were the easiest option as far as people who'd be willing to uh, model scantily clad, you know. So she, I wound up getting involved with that somehow, met her through that, and she and I just briefly discussed the possibility of maybe doing a live burlesque show to promote her book or just to, you know, use some of her items, some of the designs that she'd come up with and... We ended up getting really into it and just made the whole show all knitted and just all about her book and all about us ladies and ended up just completely immersing ourselves in it. And we had to, I think we had to reschedule it about three times before we finally got it right. Just for one, she had volunteers, you know, making the costumes and we had trouble with the band and and then the bars were saying oh you know now we can't really do burlesque we're afraid it's going to get too much press and we'll get shut down so finally the third time was the charm and <laughs> we were able to get it done at the jackpot jackpot comes through <laughs> that's right <And> jackpot <laughs> uh, <laughs> we hit the jackpot you literally, literally did yeah. <laughs> um does wearing knitted lingerie itch in funny places mm, not too much a uh, the G-strings would, I imagine, except we usually wear hosiery to uh, keep from the knitted wares actually touching our, our parts. So, <laughs> And the pasties, so, were they knitted as well? They were knitted as well. Wow. And we used uh, for that, we used toupee tape to keep them on Perfect. just because the fiber, typical yeah. glue is like a liquid latex, and that would really just kind of stick to either the skin or the fibers, but not both at the same time. It's these logistics that you don't think about. It's the science behind burlesque oh, that very people much don't, so. <laughs> don't really think about. Uh, are you planning another Naughty Needles performance? Not really. I'm, I'm totally open to it, but uh, Nicole and I are both such incredibly busy people, and I think that it would be cool to do one, maybe even in a different city, just to promote her book. I mean, mm. ideally, it'd be great to do a tour mm. uh, just with her book and our burlesque and just get it out there across the whole country, but there's just no funding for that, and we're not rich people ourselves. <laughs> so we're just, uh, you know, working within our means and sometimes beyond, but not that far beyond. <laughs> right. Well, fingers crossed. So, yeah, exactly. It could happen, but there's no plans immediately in the works. Right. Burly Q. It sounds like Harry Barbecue. <laughs> Is it? Uh, well, I guess... <laughs> It's kind of a relative term in that way. <laughs> what, is, mean, what is the Burley Q girly crew? Well, Burley Q about? is just uh, actually just an old shortened version of burlesque. Yeah, that's where that term came about. And Rita, actually, the founder of Burley Q, came up with that name. So uh, she, I'd imagine, thought Burley Q and girly crew, they go together. It's, it rhymes. It's perfect. So Looks good I can't really speak any sticker. further about that one. <laughs> uh, what, how did you become involved and how did 
Burley Q as an entity come about? Um, with Burley Q, I believe Rita was interested in creating a burlesque performance, maybe not necessarily a troupe. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, there was a review magazine in Kansas City is still around, but in its early days, they were doing some benefits and they requested that Rita put something together or see if she was interested. So she put together a burlesque show. Um, they did that review magazine benefit, and that was just before I moved to Kansas City from Seattle. And when I got back in town, you know, she just had that one show under her belt, realized I was in town. We had been friends before, and she asked if I would be involved, and I agreed. And uh, so she and I and a handful of other girls are, I guess, the veterans of modern Kansas City burlesque <laughs> at this point. The, the founding if, mothers. The founding mothers. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed it so much the first time I had to keep going. So. Yeah, and let's, Here let's it is about five that, years later. That impetus, like when I take my clothes off in public, it's generally <laughs> it's just recreational and it generally nauseates people. Uh, when did you realize that you know you were comfortable taking your clothes off in public and that you might possibly even be able to turn it into a profession? Well, I sort of dabbled, would you say, with the the pinup modeling mm. before I even came back here and. I had seen a burlesque show or two, and I thought that they were really interesting, and I, I I became interested in possibly doing that. So when Rita asked me, of course, I jumped at the opportunity, and I was very nervous my first show. But I made it through and found that I was having a great time, and I think part of it is you know getting attention, and part of it is being able to express yourself. And there's a lot of creativity that goes along with you know creating your costume and working out how you're going to be re- removing the items, shall we say, <laughs> and all of that. And you know bringing it uh, in conjunction with the music and everything. And I just really found it was great. I love music. Music is my number one love. So anything that I can do and dancing, I love dancing. I've never been a professional dancer, but yeah. I will get drunk in a bar and dance all night long. <laughs> No problem. And so, you know, it just... And so when people ask you for burlesque tips, is that it just get drunk at a bar and dance? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go to a dance club. Life lessons. Try it there. You know, try it in front of the mirror, whatever. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I just, I found that after that first show, I really enjoyed it. And it was, rather than a degrading experience, it was a really uplifting experience. People were very respectful. I find that usually before and after burlesque shows, men and people in general are more reluctant to speak with you rather than, you know, any old night in a bar, you get hit on how many times a night Mm -hmm. as a woman, no matter who you are. So, uh, I find that it, it's gained a level of respect in a way, and I've never really had any degrading situations happen or anything make me feel uncomfortable in a performance setting. And so with that in mind, I feel comfortable continuing to do it. And I, I still get satisfaction out of it. You know, I enjoy I enjoy the performance. I enjoy the attention. I enjoy the music. Uh, just being involved in the whole thing is fun for me. So yeah, um, and there are people who do consider burlesque degrading or oh, sure. or offensive and uh, you know objectifies women. Are these people just jealous drag queens? who see mm. actual women up on stage stealing the spotlight from them? Oh, definitely not. The drag queens are some of our biggest fans. I can't say all of them are, but <laughs> we have lots of drag queens that love it and also are, you know, talking, have been talking for years about doing a boylesque. 
Ah. <laughs> ah. You know what I mean? Drag is not that far from burlesque. Most of the time they don't strip down quite as far, but oftentimes they will do some kind of tease with their costumes and whatnot. And uh, just the, the persona on stage in general is not really so different. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, drag queens especially don't have much a problem with it. But, yeah, I, I imagine I recently heard somebody, I think it was after the Kansas City Star wrote an article about the Naughty Needles. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of mail coming in, a lot of uh, upset people out there that they would even have the nerve to write and show pictures of that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, how the, dare they cover... The, the impropriety of it all. Uh, exactly. And so I think uh, somebody had mentioned something along the lines of those are the same people who would like to have, you know, uh, Michelangelo covered up or, you know, the Statue of Liberty for that matter. You know, any of that. So I, I, I don't know. I think... Mostly, and I work for some pretty wealthy people as a as a professional gardener, um, and and those people all even seem pretty accepting of it, you know. And I, I suppose from my naive uh, working class, if you will, standpoint, I wouldn't expect, you know. Uh, upper-class Republicans to be accepting of this, but they are As we found out, Republicans have a lot of closeted sexual peccadilloes. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we have and been their private lives them. are actually very liberal when it right. comes to their, uh, their And some leaders. of my clients have even come to the shows, you know, and, and, you know, have praised us for it, you know. Right. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know who these people are because they don't come to me directly and say, I don't like you. I don't like what you do. <laughs> I disapprove. Do they just need to get laid? Possibly, or just be more accepting of themselves. Yeah, possibly. And let's say that you did have a conversation with one of those people, and they did confront you face to face. How would you, to them, differentiate burlesque from going to a strip club? Other than when you leave a strip club, you have a stain on your soul and on your pants. (laughs) Well, I don't know. You might have a stain on your soul and your pants after a burlesque show, uh, depending on how you're looking at it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's definitely an air of sensuality and sexuality to the whole thing. I think that it's just uh, less of a career, more of a hobby, a performance, uh, an art. Not to say that there's not an art form, because there are definitely some pole dancers out there, <laughs> you know, and just anything. But really, I think it's just... We sort of take it from a more theatrical frame of mind in general. Like, there's definitely a lot more theatrics involved in general. Uh, I feel like having live music makes it a little more classy, a little less cheap, if you will. Um, I I don't know. I mean, there's not really that many differences uh, if you look at it literally. It's just the state of mind of the performers, the state of mind of the uh, patrons, mm-hmm. etc. So I... I wouldn't even really bother to defend myself in that situation, to be perfectly honest. I mean, everyone's welcome to their own opinion, and I don't really care to cause drama. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe you need a more defensive burlesque dancer to talk to about that. No, I like to get uh, all all angles on that. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you think that burlesque is... And uh, I spoke to the organizer of Dr. Sketchy's last week, and mm-hmm. uh, she had some ideas about this, but I'd like to get your perspective as well. But is, is burlesque, um, in its own way, feminist? Is it uh, empowering to women? Or do you think burlesque is just, you know, recreating sort of that happy-go-lucky, fun vibe? You know, is it, is it, is it perhaps something that might be over-analyzed and uh, over-intellectualized? 
Quite likely it is in a way. I don't think that every woman gets into burlesque to be a, you know, a feminist spokeswoman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've definitely had a lot of people pin that on me in the past. You're very empowering to women or I've had the other side of it as well. Yeah. But, you know, going in the feminist direction, I have definitely had a lot of people sort of bring that up. And for me, I guess in a way it is feminist, uh, just indirectly speaking, um, or more subtle. You know, it's it's not man-hating, for one. <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely not the first wave feminism in any way. But at the same time, I, I personally never went into it with any thoughts in that direction. It was just a personal interest, literally. Um, and I've definitely had a lot of women tell me that they feel more empowered having watched me do what I do on stage, which is a wonderful compliment. That's not why I do it, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad that some people feel that way. In fact, I think most comments are generally in that direction or women who say, gee, I wish I really felt like I could do that. It looks like so much fun. It's really sexy to watch that. And I would love to have the courage to do that, but I just can't, mm. you know, and that's, you know, they have to get over that. But <laughs> but having having women tell me that they feel empowered by it, that's a wonderful feeling. And so I imagine that, yes, there's definitely an air of feminism to it in a way. But once again, it's just a matter of how people want to take it when they're watching it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Edda Vendetta, thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Come on, baby. Let's do the twist.